All right, JCPS wants to raise property taxes, and tonight they laid out a plan for how the district wants to spend it. WDRB Sarah Sidery breaks down where that extra $54 million would go. For and against the seven cent rate increase that's expected to generate more than $50 million a year. Ultimately, we came out on the other side to where we are comfortable in supporting this ballot initiative because developing our workforce and supporting public education is that important. From the digital journalists of WDRP.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. This is Chris Otts of WDRB.com. Voters in Louisville are already casting ballots. In addition to choosing the president, they're also being asked whether they support a 9.5% property tax increase for the public school system, JCPS. The increase would mean an additional $70 a year for every $100,000 of property value. I have two guests on today's show, Iris Wilbur Glick, Vice President of Public Policy at Greater Louisville, Inc., talks about why Louisville's business lobby has come out in support of the increase. Normally, chambers of commerce aren't lining up behind local tax hikes. And WDRB.com education reporter Kevin Wheatley explains what's going on with the complicated legal battle over the increase and why the vote might not even count. First, GLI's Iris Wilbur Glick. I started by asking her why the business group supports the tax hike. So, so GLI recognizes that the business community, we find ourselves in, in a pretty uh, uncertain time due to the global pandemic. However, you know, after numerous conversations amongst the GLI membership or board of directors and business stakeholders, there was a shared recognition that, you know, we have to have a commitment for continued and even accelerated investment within JCPS to ensure that they are on the strongest path to achieve equity um, and to close the student achievement gap. For us, this is a workforce issue. And for us to be successful, you know, pre, during, and post of this global pandemic, uh, this type of invest investment is essential uh, to help JCPS and its students be successful. Uh, while we acknowledge that the, the increased investment is a shared sacrifice, uh, our stakeholders and our chamber members uh, within the business community believe that, you know, continued and sometimes accelerated investment, um, particularly as it comes to JCPS, is essential. It is, is necessary, uh, particularly to support uh, initiatives that will close the student achievement gap. Was there much of an internal debate in the chamber about getting behind this tax increase? So it's standard that we gauge our uh, chamber membership through uh, various convenings. We have a public policy council, but ultimately every position that GLI takes within the community that touches public policy or the community as a whole for that matter, goes through our board of directors. And so we've had very detailed and holistic conversations about GLI's approach, uh, the pros and cons, acknowledging the global pandemic, but ultimately landed on support, that we support increased investment within JCPS to ensure that we can take measured 
um, and accountable steps to closing the student achievement gap. I think it's important to note that um, when we report about this in the media, we're always focusing on what this will mean for homeowners and residential property owners or even renters who pay property taxes indirectly. But businesses will really be affected by this because it's not just residential property that will have the increased tax, but also commercial property. And so maybe there's even an argument that businesses will will bear even the majority. I, I, I don't know, but certainly a significant share of, of this increase. Is that fair to say? So Chris, when we talk about increased investments um, and essentially the impact it, this will have on all taxpayers, that has been part of the conversation. We recognize that this is a sacrifice and that our community, um, we're experiencing some economic challenges due to the global pandemic, um, but those, those conversations have been accounted for. We also recognize that employers in the region continue to struggle to find top talent and you know, reinforce our homegrown workforce here in Greater Louisville. We recognize that we have to grow our economy, especially now. I think because of the the global pandemic and the economic challenges that we are experiencing, uh, these are some serious circumstances that we have to overcome and address today, that we can no longer kick the can down the road. And for these reasons, that's why our business leaders have been consistent about voicing their support for additional uh, investments within JCPS, uh, not only to you know, address student equity, you know, support student success, but for us, it's ultimately about reinforcing talent and our homegrown workforce. Is it typical to see a Chamber of Commerce back a local tax increase? So GLI has been consistent about where we believe uh, public investment must be made. So just like when it comes to infrastructure uh, and, and education and workforce development initiatives, we realize that there are prices associated with these initiatives and making sure that ultimately those types of priorities um, that are, you know, whether they're shared sacrifices or shared improved outcomes, we recognize that that has to be part of the conversation. That if Greater Louisville is serious about economic development, if we're serious about investing in our workforce, uh, that these have to be conversations led by the business community. We continue to have those amongst our stakeholders to see where and how and when we deploy these initiatives and the, the mechanisms that are required to put uh, these initiatives in place. And so we recognize that these are not clear-cut issues. They're not always easy issues, uh, but the work must be done and the investments must be made. Well, you guys have long made the link between education and and economic development on the health of the business community. Um, I'm probably going to date myself a little bit here, but this isn't unprecedented. GLI actually supported the library tax uh, back in 2007, which was another referendum. um, uh, And that one, that one failed. Uh, But I don't know if you want to make a comment about that, but I'm just noting that there there is some precedent here. So GLI, uh, the Regional Chamber of Commerce, we are a member-driven organization. Any decision, endorsement, sort of public policy position that our chamber as a not-for-profit organization as we make goes through our membership. Um, We deploy several tactics to collect that feedback, to build consensus and figure out solutions to move forward. Uh, But ultimately our organization, we lean on our board of directors. And so um, it's so important that we receive that counsel and we build that consensus. But this type of investment supporting JCPS is needed now more than ever, recognizing the disparities uh, within their vulnerable student populations, the, the achievement gaps that are 
not only that existed before the pandemic, but or essentially accelerated due to the pandemic. Uh, we view that as uh, intervention must be must be needed now. So our job at GLI is to help communicate, you know, why these investments are important uh, and how they must be paired with improved transparency, accountability, and a call for, you know, more information on the outcomes and the metrics. So you kind of led me to my next question, which is that in your statement uh, in uh, mid-September, when GLI came out in support of this ballot measure, Uh, It said, in part, all of these priorities must be accompanied by cost-saving measures and increased efficiencies in order to maximize every penny for student needs. And I'm just curious if you think that JCPS can achieve cost-saving measures and increased efficiencies uh, within the budget that they have now, why do you support um, increasing taxes going to the school system? So one of the main points of our conversations we've had with chamber members is the recognition that more investments must be made to improve facilities, maintain facilities, and on some occasions, actually, the the development and construction of brand new school facilities. So we recognize additional investments must be made in order to support those priorities. Uh, We've also had conversations about how, you know, JCPS serves not only the largest student population within the Commonwealth, but some students that have the most needs and and recognizing that investments must be made to support those types of initiatives and those resources. Um, JCPS has also acknowledged that more must be done to improve uh, racial equity within the district. Um, and to improve student outcomes, those uh, student populations that are disproportionately impacted due to socioeconomic challenges. So these are just some of the initiatives and spending priorities that we know uh, that must be elevated and that require um, investments that don't currently exist. Uh, But you're right, Chris, uh, priorities must be made to demonstrate Uh, additional cost savings uh, measures within the district, whatever efficiencies can be made moving forward. And so we do pair those uh, those efficiencies with the increased investments moving forward um, and working with the district to learn what those specifics are. You mentioned that JCPS has a a more challenging student population uh, than maybe even some other surrounding districts. Have you guys looked at uh, the level of Uh, the local tax burden, I guess you would call it, uh, in Louisville with JCPS compared to other comparable districts or surrounding districts and recognizing that it's not just property tax, but uh, Louisville has occupation tax as well that goes to the the school system, uh, which makes, you know, for significant revenue as well. So we are intimately familiar with all the revenue mechanisms that JCPS currently has um, and could deploy in the future. Those were parts of, of, of moving conversations we had within GLI and our membership. We acknowledge and understand the current implications and if this ballot initiative is successful, um, what that looks like moving forward. And so those were parts of the conversations, um, part of the decision-making and the deliberation of our board of directors. But ultimately, we came out on the other side to where we are comfortable in supporting this ballot initiative because developing our workforce and supporting public education is that important. Iris, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, no, thank you, Chris. Now let's bring in WDRB.com education reporter Kevin Wheatley 
to talk about the JCPS tax increase and all the legal wrangling over this ballot measure. Kevin, thanks for joining us once again on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Why don't we back up one second and just talk about why the JCPS school board is seeking this tax increase and what they say they will do with the extra $50 million or so that it will generate on an annual basis. So uh, one of the key things that the school board wants to spend the extra tax money on is uh, new facilities. At least 15 million for facilities like new schools. They say that there's more than a billion dollars in facility needs at JCPS, and that's a big ticket item that they want to use this money for to increase their bonding capacity so they can start uh, renovations, start building new schools uh, sooner rather than than later. Uh, Percentage of the other the remaining leftover is going to be spent on um, things like increasing pay for teachers, trying to get more teachers in the classroom, uh, and different supports for students as well um, in the classroom. So they've already got a lot, all of the money's basically already earmarked for uh, things that they want to do. $15 million for resources and its highest need schools, $12 million on racial equity initiatives, and another $12 million on more student instruction time. Building new classes, building new schools, or uh, improving the, the quality for teachers and students there. Of course, the opponents of this tax increase feel that more money is not necessarily the cure to the issues that JCPS faces. It's not just a matter of money, and it's been shown over and over again all across the country that it's not just a matter of money. Teresa Camarino led the petition effort against the tax increase. um, How you use that money to make the best uh, productive use out of it, and they've they've not been doing the things they need to do to get the results they need to get. And Kevin, is it specifically in West Louisville is the focus of these, you know, these building projects that the school board wants to do? Well, initially, the, they would, uh, the new schools that they would want to build would be in West Louisville. Um, they say they need at least one new high school in, in West Louisville and one to two more middle schools to make their proposed student assignment plan work. So most of the the new school construction will be focused on West Louisville, but you have to deal with other issues um, in in schools as well. I mean, there's overcrowding in uh, some east eastern Jefferson County neighborhoods. Um, so there seems to be a lot of there's a lot of places where they could build schools, but yeah, the the focus initially is going to be on West Louisville. Did the Jefferson County Board of Education legally pass the property tax rate that's on the November ballot? That question was the focus of a two-hour hearing in Jefferson Circuit Court today. The attorney representing the committee Kevin, challenging um, the 7 cent rate increase you says the were listening the other day to what sounded like a really riveting virtual court hearing. But there is a legal fight going on related uh, to the school system's effort to increase taxes here and the voter referendum that will happen. Can you explain the legal issues at stake? The initial claim uh, filed by the school board and the Jefferson County Teachers Association was that there were a number of instances that they suspected that um, 
the signatures gathered on the electronic petition challenging their seven cent property tax rate increase were fraudulent. They were either copy and pasted uh, from a voter roll that someone had. Um, they say that that's based on um, different symbols that have appeared in some entries that may signify that they were copy and pasted from a, a document of some sort. They made follow-up phone calls to a couple of people as well who said that they had they didn't sign the uh, anti-tax petition. And there's also some entries uh, in, in, in that petition that just aren't, that don't match records on the tax rolls and, and what the school board and what the teachers union are saying is that there's enough there to invalidate this petition and, and basically just knock it off, not knock it off the ballot because ballots are already printed, but uh, make it null and void uh, so that this tax increase would, would go without any sort of challenge. And now the petition, that, that lawsuit was filed against the county clerk's office because they were the ones who certified that petition. And the petition committee actually uh, intervened in that case and filed a counterclaim saying essentially that the school board um, went out of order in how it passed its property tax rate. They say that because they didn't wait for the tax roll for the upcoming tax year to be certified, that they uh, basically the, the tax increase that they passed is, uh, should be invalidated. And uh, that was the main focus of the hearing last week. They didn't touch at all on any sort of the claims that um, some of these signatures were uh, should be invalidated because they were fraudulently entered. Um, main focus on, of it was basically that the school board messed up its schedule, and therefore the the tax increase shouldn't uh, go at all go on at all. So, Kevin, voters are going to be asked whether to approve this tax increase on the ballot ballots that are going out now, but. We won't know until later whether the whole vote is a moot point because of all these legal challenges that are yet to be resolved. I mean, I think the only way that it would have you could have some sort of clarity before the election is if uh, Jefferson Jefferson Circuit renders an an order one way or the other that isn't appealed. Um, I think the appeals process is where this could get gummed up a little bit. Um, you know, if, if one side decides to appeal that, you know, who, who knows how long it would take the court of appeals to take it up. Um, so that could be a, a, a situation who knows how many times it could be appealed. Uh, it, we've seen cases, there are cases obviously that go all the way to the Supreme court. I don't know if this would be one of them, but, um, you know, that I can see that the appeals process is really where you get a lot of the timing issues. Um, I, I suspect that judge Brian Edwards, who is uh, hearing the case wants to have some sort of clarity um, from the circuit court level, at least uh, before the election. But I would, I would be surprised if nobody on either side appealed uh, the decision in this. Kevin, what we're talking about with this increase, just to make it easy for people, it's an extra $70 of tax for every $100,000 of property value. So if you have a $200,000 home, uh, you pay an extra $140 a year to Jefferson County public schools. Uh, but tax bills 
are done on an annual basis. A lot of people might not realize that because they pay them monthly and their mortgage company actually pays the bill on their behalf. That's called escrowing. But the bills actually go out in November, which makes the timing of all of this very interesting because the election is on November 3rd. So is JCPS, if if the voters fully support the increase, is JCPS going to be getting their increase uh, for the 2020 tax year or will it come next year? I mean, what are the bills going to look like when they go out in November? What's the school system saying about that at this point? Well, right now, they're, the sheriff's office is going to send out tax bills um, that would reflect uh, 4% revenue growth, which is what JCPS can take without uh, triggering any sort of referendum. Uh, that's according to Mark Hebert, who's a JCPS spokesperson. Uh, so, And they're still trying to figure out how the, if this tax increase goes through and, and everything's uh, squared away with it. We don't know at this point how they're going to be uh, collecting that extra money. Um, I know that uh, Tim Eifler, one of the attorneys um, for the petition committee, suggested that there's going to be this bill, this 4% bill, and then there's going to be another bill sent out uh, by the sheriff's office uh, for the rest of the, of, of the property tax rate increase. Um, but right now, JCPS is saying they don't know um, how they're going to get the rest of this tax money uh, just yet at this point. Certainly will be interesting to see what happens if there are two property tax bills. Normally, that is not the case, and I can imagine that leading to some mortgage escrow confusion for a lot of homeowners, but who knows how that will work out. We will have to see. I want to close with one thing here, Kevin. There's been some um, discussion of the ballot question and how it's worded. It's a yes or no question, and it says, are you for or against the Jefferson County Board of Education better supporting the education of students in Jefferson County public schools, including improvements to school facilities, by levying a real estate and personal property tax of seven additional cents per $100 valuation. And I would just like our listeners to be clear which way you vote if you support the tax increase and which way you vote if you do not support the tax increase. So can you clarify that? If you support the tax increase, um, then you should vote yes. If you don't, you should vote no. Um, on this question, I don't know. It, it's certainly a, a very wordy question on the ballot. So, uh, yes means you support paying an extra seven cents per hundred dollars of property and no means you don't. Hey, Kevin, I know you used to cover politics full time. Do you know if there's been any polling on this? Do you have any idea how this vote is going to go? No, I, I if there is polling, I suspect it's from the, uh, yes for JCPS group. They seem to be more uh, better coordinated. They they seem to have a, a strategy together. And, um, you know, if there is polling, it's, it's probably going to be on, th- on their side at this point. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for breaking this down for us. I appreciate you taking time as always. Thank you, Chris. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. 
please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.